0: This is your host, Shane, with Radical Rocks. Today we've got another exciting episode for you. We're going to talk about opal. In particular, we're going to talk about Australia's opal. It has now become the national gemstone of Australia. We'll get into that. We're going to talk about a diamond that has a world record attached to it uh, due to the modern age that we're living in. It has to do with um, the Internet. Also, we're going to talk about a predatory dinosaur. We're going to talk about a very interesting fossil in amber um, and another little article about a fossil. And then we are going to talk about the rock food table, which is very interesting. Um, I think you're going to enjoy it. It's going to be fun. We're going to try something different today. It's going to be a little shorter episode than normal. We'll try to keep it around, definitely uh, under 20 minutes, and definitely right around 10 minutes. We'll see how it ends up. also, I just want to ask you guys, you know our mission is all things rocks and minerals and lapidary and educating, building community, and um, we would ask that you would come support us on the MeWe format. Um, we're migrating from the three big industries of uh, censorship nowadays, and I'm not going to digress, but uh, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter have, uh, just squelched free speech. I think it's good to hear different opinions. And, uh, I think when, um, corporations decide to listen to those that fund them more than respect the rights of freedom, that it's kind of time for me to move to different formats. So fortunately we get to stay here on the podcast. I'm very happy about that. And, um, we're moving to the MeWe format and the videos. We're looking at migrating to, um, library, um, TV, so I'll keep you informed as that progresses, but if you could come see us on MeWe, I will leave the description, in the description, I will leave the address there for you, but if you go to MeWe, you should be able to find us at Radical Rocks. So let's get right into it, guys. Guys and ladies, people from all over the country, um, we want to thank you for listening to the podcast. The membership has been going up quite a bit, and uh, it's encouraging to see people from all over the world Joining in the podcast and all the different forms that we have. All right. Um, There was a little predatory dinosaur that was found in Portugal. And um, I couldn't even begin to tell you guys how many new fossils are discovered all the time. I could probably make a whole show on fossils, but it's kind of a sideline. It's not really. The primary focus of our group but they're just so interesting I mean I try to look at the different articles that I find and that are sent to me and I try to narrow it down and there's just so many interesting ones but the one thing I found out about I liked about this one was one it came from Portugal Um, two uh, it has a good description you can find it at uh, www.sci-news.com and the article is called New Predatory Dinosaur Identified in Portugal. And it was written on July the 28th by Enrico de Lazaro. And they have a picture here of this creature. And he looks like most of the dinosaurs that are up on um, two legs uh, pteropods, I think they're called, something like that. And um, this one was about 11 and a half feet tall by three and a half feet um, in other words 3.5 meters um, tall so or long rather and about uh, 1 meter tall so pretty interesting, walked on two legs they feel, uh, carnivorous uh, pteropod uh, Jurassic and creasus periods and so they have this picture of it all drawn and then interestingly they show you all the bones they found and it's A through K here and then they show a outline of the dinosaur and you see that they've built this whole dinosaur out of, uh, one uh, side of a hip, partial, um, not even, there's no legs, no leg bones, no hand bones or front arms, whatever you want to call them. None of those, a a few sections of tail and, uh, what they think is the neck and a couple of the, uh, sections of the spinal cord and uh, a rib. A couple, well, maybe three, four, five, maybe five ribs, and that's it. And they've they've designed this whole dinosaur out of this. So I don't know. Hopefully they'll find more bones, but uh, sometimes it just kind of seems like they really are reaching on this stuff. And I understand it's a study and everything, but I thought it was just interesting to see how they designed this whole dinosaur, the shape, you know, how big its arms are and legs are. Um, You know, I know there's a science to it, but uh, is kind of interesting. Alright, the next one. Um, I thought this was pretty interesting. I like Amber. I think Amber's pretty. Sometimes you get bugs and twigs and things in it. It can be interesting. Um, this one is really weird. I mean, it looks like when you look at it, you go to uh, www.explica.co It's E-X-P-L-I-C-A dot C-O And it's dated July 29th, fossil in amber, um, and this is a bird-like dinosaur, they believe it's the smallest bird-like dinosaur, um, but they did notice some teeth and think that it could actually be a, a lizard, um, they're not really quite sure yet, but they find it quite fascinating, and, um, let's see, did they say where this was found, and it still has not been, the report has not been peer, peer reviewed, but, um, they are another researcher of a similar fossil which they did classify as a as a lizard so kind of interesting really cool picture here they did it at the um, uh, institute of vertebrae paleontology uh, at chinese academy of science in beijing so i'm going to imagine this was found in uh, china or around that area okay one other fossil one and then we'll get on with the uh, rocks and gems uh, owl was discovered. This at uh, www.eurekaalert.org, and this was released on the 29th of July by Taylor and Francis Group. This is an owl that hunted like a hawk. Now, um, so most hawks they hunt with their feet. So they they fly down and they sweep the animal up with their feet, and um, then the owls they fly down and they kill the animal with their beak so this one they feel is uh, 55 million years this was uh, excavated at the bighorn basin in wyoming uh, quite a while ago 30 years ago but i guess it takes them a long time to get these out and do studies on them they probably study them over and over again sometimes the the studies change Uh, sometimes they find more fossils that make them rethink it we just talked about how few fossils uh, pieces are found sometimes when they construct a whole animal so you know sometime later someone may find a complete one and there there you have much more accuracy but uh, this one they don't have the head but they've got the wings and the feet and the legs and um, for some reason they feel that this uh, is an owl due to the way that uh, the, the rest of the body is built and um, they think it's a neat link might be some kind of link between uh, owls and hawks and how they have uh, developed through the millenniums. Okay, now for rocks and gems. Now, this is the world record I was telling you about. This world record is for the most expensive diamond ever that was auctioned online. So we've heard of some pretty expensive diamonds that have sold for millions and millions of dollars. But this is one that was just auctioned online, like almost like buying it on eBay or something. It's a 28 0. .86 carat diamond you can see a picture of it at um, you want to go to HTTPS um, semicolon backslash slash back h k dot a s i a t a t l e r dot com and it will be titled um, uh, at u.s 2.1 million this is the most expensive diamond ever auctioned online hong kong tattler t a t l e r hm so i've never heard of this but uh it's uh annie darling wrote it on july the 30th and uh it's going to be auctioned at sotheby's and christie's is where it was auctioned and it's really beautiful it's kind of a um i'm not sure the what what the shape you would call it it's like a rectangle kind of real pretty so online is the way to go and the wave of the future, and there is a great example of it. Now I want to talk to you about rock food table. What the heck does that mean? Um, on the Rock and Jim magazine, I talk about it all the time, rock um, and then the and signed, or excuse me, rock and the letter N, gym.com will get you to the website. And the article is called Rock Food Table Coming to Baton Rouge, titled uh, July the 28th. You first scroll down, you see this picture of a table set with food. There's like cereal, there's donuts, there's ham, there's a croissant, um, there's sausages, there's bacon, there's eggs with uh, chili verde on top, cups of coffee, there's a hot chocolate with a marshmallow in it. I see some blueberries, uh, what looks like fruit, uh, toast uh, with butter on top, um, something that looks like a a fried, uh, what do you call those things? Um... It's like made out of egg and and milk. I forget what it's called. But uh, all sorts of food items on this table. And the article goes on to tell you that they're all made out of rocks and gems. Now, this was written by Antoinette Rahn, R-A-H-N. And um, she says that the couple that uh, started this um, went to a show, I think, in 1982 or something like that. And they saw a display that looked like a dessert. And they it just blew them away, so they got into it. And then there's another um, picture here of a full table, like set for um, you know, like 10 guests to eight to ten guests, and they have fruit. They have um, what looks like a piece of poultry cooked. They have gravy and peas and what looks like uh, meat and pork chops and hamburgers and grapes and glasses of wine and sliced bananas and all sorts of things. And all of these are made out of rocks. Now, for years, once they were inspired by this, they started making these tables uh, of food that are made of rocks it looks like food and they would travel all over showing these all over the country I think they started about uh, it says uh, the story goes while attending the Portland Oregon show in 1982 that's when they saw that rock that gave them the idea and then they started a display of rock food items in 1983 um, for their um, club for their rock and mineral club now most of these are natural rocks and are in their natural state uh, but have been cut in a way to show um, and present the shape and look of the food. Some of them, they used a, a little bit of dye to give a little bit better look to, but the majority of them are just natural. And um, their group, their name was the Patillos, P-A-T-T-I-L-L-O-S, and uh, they did this in the shows for some 20 years uh, at the East Texas Gym and Mineral Society show. And uh, they had that table and, and uh, it really neat. Now, I guess it's still going on tour, um, although there is these issues with uh, COVID and everything. It's on its way to Baton Rouge, uh, the Baton Rouge Gym and Mineral Society. Uh, it's been kind of handed on and it's been traveling all over. I think it has like a what they say, 100,000 miles clocked on it from, uh, here it is. According to the ETGMS website, the table has appeared in more than 40 different show locations and put on more than 100,000 miles since the first show. So it's really something amazing to see, uh, all of those. And maybe that would give you, um, some ideas to do things that you want. All right. Now for our keynote, um, address, Opals, Australia's national gemstone. On our, uh, On our group, one of our groups, I did a poll of people's favorite gemstones uh, or, you know, rocks. And Opal seemed to just um, take off and and lead the pack. People are amazed with Opal. This website is uh, www.pmc.gov.au. And what has happened is Opal has become Australia's national gemstone and they have a wonderful little tutorial here saying all the history here when they proclaimed opal as the gemstone um, was uh, 1993 on July the 23rd, so uh, it's been a while. The opal fields in Australia are larger than all the other opal fields in the world combined. They say that Australia is the only place where you can find opalized animal fossils. I don't know if that's entirely correct, um, but uh, certainly they are the the king of it. I think there was some found in Nevada, but very few. The opal is a national symbol um, for Australia. It is their national gemstone. Opals are famous for their beautiful colors and known as the fire of the desert. Now the Aborigines. Dreamtime stories were created. They said the opal was created when the colors of the rainbow touched the earth. What a what a what a beautiful story, and uh, what a beautiful picture when you look at an opal and you look at a rainbow and you think about those beautiful colors that are just so mesmerizing. Um, Australia produces some 90 to 95 percent of the world's precious opal from its large deposits in South Wales, Australia, and Queensland. Now. There's been so many rare um, opals found in Australia that uh, have been treasured uh, around the world, particularly in England. But uh, they um, also, in Australia, the scientists there, um, not one to be outdone, were the first to make synthetic opal and uh, make opal more affordable. But of course, we all prefer the natural ones. Now. Australia's opal fields, again, those are the largest. They're larger than all of them in the world. I'm looking at some of these bullet points. Types of opals that are found in Australia are precious opals with many plays of color. Common opal doesn't have the plays of color. Um, Some of the iconic opals, in 1915, the Pride of Australia, also known as the Red Emperor, was found at Lightning Ridge. It's shaped like Australia, and by 1954, it had toured the world Uh, fairs, at least five of them, and was known as the greatest opal of Australia. In 1938, um, Aurora uh, Australis was found in 1938 at Lightning Ridge. It was considered the world's most valuable black opal. And then in 1946, the fire of Australia was found in Cooper Pedley, And it was the world's uh, finest uncut uh, opal. It weighs 998 grams, uh, the size of two cricket balls, it says there. And then the next one was found in 1986 named Halley's Comet uh, at Lightning Ridge. It was found right about the time Halley's Comet had appeared in the Australian skies. And it's recorded as the world's largest uncut opal. And then another fabulous one in 1989 called the Galaxy Opal Opal. Found in Junda, one of the largest and finest quality boulder opals ever mined. Now, mining opals in Australia started about 1890, um, and then uh, this was a precious opal mining, and um, it continued on through 1896. And then by 1912, um, precious opal began in the I believe it says SA, so I guess that's the south section. I'm not sure. Um, And then in 1926, Minnie Barrington was one of Australia's first female opal miners. They also talk about the scientific facts of uh, opal its chemistry that it is a hydrated silica in other words it has water crystals that are locked up inside of it and when the light goes through it it's the play of color like you are actually looking at a rainbow so the aborigines really nailed it on the head when they said that I mean they couldn't have been they couldn't have described it any more accurately at that time it was almost like a A scientific statement to say that a rainbow touched the opal at that time because that's really what you're getting in an opal is a rainbow because of the water and because of the light just like a real rainbow. Um, Scientists discovered in 1965 that the voids between the opal slice spheres cause light to be diffracted and create the play of color as seen in a rainbow. So guys, I hope you really enjoyed today's show. Let me know what you thought of it. Please contact me on MeWe. I'll leave the address in the description. Let me know if you want these um, these uh, episodes to be longer or shorter. Um, any suggestions, I will try to make that happen in the future. And uh, I definitely appreciate any input. All your shares and subscribes and likes are appreciated too. Remember, rockhounds don't die, they petrify.